edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I'm your host, Ricky Hazel, and I'm joined today by Associate Athletic Director for External Operations. Um, good guy, good to work with, Mike McCurcher. Mike, welcome in. Well, thank you, Ricky. Thank you for having me today. Very excited to, to talk about the world of Stetson Athletics and the fundraising that we are, are doing behind the scenes. So thank you for having me. Kind of appropriate that we're, we're recording this on what is known as Giving Tuesday, because giving is what you're all about. And the first thing I really want to talk about is the fall fundraising campaign that was completed back in October uh, and, and how difficult it is to raise money during this time of COVID. This was just the second year we've had this fundraising campaign. Originally, it was going to be a fall and then a spring and then and make it a, a, a twice a year thing. But because of COVID, it was canceled in the spring. But talk a little bit about the success and how amazingly well our athletic programs did raising money during this campaign. Absolutely. And we totally exceeded expectations. Um, and like you just stated, with, with COVID and the impact that it's had on, on everyone, uh, not just athletics, but everyone, uh, we, we had actually at one point contemplated not having it. Right. Uh, Julia Lozano, who I give her all the credit on running the campaign, we'll talk about her a little bit more uh, after this, but we contemplated not having it. We thought maybe we'll take this year off. Mm-hmm. But last year being our first year, and it was so successful that we came to the decision, let's just give it a try. All right. And, and, and let's see. So uh, we decided to have it, and, and luckily we did. Again, is we exceeded expectations greatly, and, and it turned out to be our most successful campaign, the most successful crowd fundraising campaign Stetson University has had. Yeah, the numbers were, were really remarkable considering what everyone in the, everybody in the world is going through right now. 870 donors total for $260,607. That's that's remarkable. And that's this is think about it, this is just over like a 7 or 8 day period. This is not a long range, long term, months long campaign. This was a one week deal. Absolutely. And that that in, in one week it just, I, I give a lot of credit to our teams, our, our coaches, uh, the student athletes that really grabbed the idea and ran with it. Uh, that the coaches and the competitiveness of our coaches it's amongst down. each other really, really shown. We really got to see the competitive nature these coaches have. So when we approached them that we were still going to go do it this year, they were all like, yes, let's do it. Uh, and, and they got their student athletes involved, which was great. And the student athletes naturally competitive as well. So when we had the little competition we created amongst the teams, it took off. And again, like I said, that the two hundred sixty thousand plus dollars, we thought last year was a great campaign, being the first time we ever it, it, we raised one hundred twenty thousand. Yeah. And so we went into it this year saying, well, let's, let's, let's be reasonable. Uh, you know, we'll put a goal of, of that we think we can maintain. Hopefully we can make it up 200,000. Um, and as the, the donations and the numbers were coming in again, 870 donors participated in one week last year, 2019, our campaign, we had 442. So we almost doubled the number of donors 
from year to year. But what really is, is a, impressive about that is this year, 2020, of those 870 donors, 445 were first-time donors to the university. So more first-time so donors than, than gave the first time. Yep, yep, and and that that and from any university, first-time donors is just it, it's a great number that you want to have, you need to have. So for us to to achieve that number, it just it speaks volume of the affinity. Our fans, our alumni, our boosters, our donors, everyone involved has for Stetson Athletics. Now, obviously, everybody fundraising is important at every college and every athletic department. But where, where, where are these these funds allocated? Where does this money go? So that good, great question. And what we did, which is kind of unique from what other universities, a lot of universities, when they'll run their campaign, their annual fund campaign, it is to bring money into the annual fund, the general athletics. Fund, right. which benefits general athletics, and that money gets distributed throughout the department right. uh, based on needs. We decided to take the approach we were going to do it to help the individual teams. So each of our teams have fundraising goals throughout the year that they have to, to reach. So we thought by doing this campaign, we can help each individual team reach their fundraising goals for the year in one week. Right. So we catered it. So all that money that came in, there is a portion that was some people did opt to donate to general athletics and other areas, sure. but the majority of it went to the teams themselves. So it greatly enhanced budgets for our individual teams. And it's specifically important this year because the budgets have been cut so drastically because of COVID and because of enrollment and all the other things that are going on, um, everybody's budget was really slashed. So in order to make up that funding, which you know funds recruiting and travel and uniforms and every, you know every aspect of every program, you got to find a way to make that up because you can't just a lot of the time you can't just do without some of that stuff. You got to do every year. Absolutely, absolutely, and these these funds that come in generally are, are for program enhancement needs or this year it's not just enhancements it's just for the operation right of the program so it was um it was really nice to see our supporters step up to help the individual teams and that's what they did this year yeah i know the idea behind this was really for the baseball program to raise money for a pitching machine or the football program to raise money for a set of uniforms or whatever they need or blocking sleds or whatever or for lacrosse to raise money for stands or, or whatever whatever the individual program's needs are, that's what that was. But this year, the needs are, you know, let's keep the operations going and, and be yeah. able to compete at the level that we want to compete at. Absolutely. And then that's exactly how some teams did list uh, once, right. I guess, a, along with their needs. As you said, uh, baseball or whatever may be a, a pitching machine, rowing a new boat. Mm -hmm. that's needed uh so they definitely but then you're right even for being able to to provide meals on road trips yeah yeah and, and that money this money so it it goes into the in, individual team's restricted account for that coach to use for how they feel uh can best benefit the program and, and right now with the budget cuts uh that can take a lot of different um a, a lot of different needs that they have 
Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together. Now, you mentioned Julia Lozano, who is a Stetson alum, was a member of the lacrosse team, and she's your annual fund coordinator, which was not a position that was here when you first arrived. It's a position you were able to get created. Talk a little bit about the job Julia's done, because she's had to learn on the fly, but to to take this program and, you know, in in two years, she's made pushing a half a million dollars in this program just in two rounds. Absolutely. Julia has been a such an asset to the program overall. And yes, Julia was a 2017 grad women's lacrosse player and uh, it was about the baseball regionals, 2018 baseball regionals. Julia reached out to see if there was going to be any, um, if we had any need for any extra help. She was going to volunteer time. And it just happened to be the time we were going to be hosting regionals and needed all the help. (laughs) So uh, I said, absolutely. So we had a phenomenal alumni turnout for the regional uh, tournament that we hosted in the baseball lounge. We made it into a VIP area for alumni that came back. So I put Julia with no experience in charge of overseeing that. And she (laughs) did a phenomenal job. Uh, Many positive comments from the alumni that came back. So, you know, from there it grew to, hey, we may have some more stuff for you in the fall. Um, I'm trying to create this position, not sure if I can have it approved yet, but our our VIP tent in the north end zone of the football stadium, where our our VIP donors get to sit and watch football games, I said, I I could use some help running that tent, setting it up, managing it. And Julie agreed. We kept in touch. She came back in the fall. I think it was after the second or third game, we were able to get the position approved and we were hire, able to hire her full time. Yeah. Um, she took on that role of running the VIP tent and then the annual fund overall uh, did not miss a beat. She took it right on. Uh, she grew, expanded her role. So one of the things when she started this annual fund campaign was an idea that I brought with me four and a half years ago, presented to Jeff Altier. He liked it, said, yeah, go ahead, run it. And I got back to my desk and I looked at it, said, there's no way I can run this by myself. <laughs> so it, it went back in the file in my desk drawer, looked at it again the next year, tried, could, just could not, didn't have the manpower. All right. So when Julia started, I put that in front of her and be like, hey, I want you to run this campaign. And Julia, without hesitation, okay. And we began talking of ways we could do it. And I just happened to be in a meeting in uh, development operations has. And they had mentioned, one of the people in that meeting mentioned this new software, Hopsy, that they were going to be leasing mm-hmm. and allow other people to use it. It's a, it's a crowdfunding software. So I spoke to him afterwards and said, hey, I heard you mention that. I would love to. And I shared my idea I thought he was going to hide under the desk because there's no way I can do that for you. I said, don't worry. We just hired a new person. I think she can do it. And, uh, you know, again, mentioned that to Julia, no hesitation, went right over, talked to him, learned how to do the program, set everything up, built 
an individual page for each team within that program. Then went out, reached out to each coach, told them how it was going to work, provided each one of them with a list of their donors and alumni. And that's how it started last year. And it really, um, some coaches really bought in right away and did well. Others weren't really sure how to do it, Mm -hmm. but, but still, you know, did, were successful with it. So we took notes um, on what we needed to approve upon, how we can make it better. And uh, Julia just had a game plan going into this year that was rock solid with her communication with the coaches Mm -hmm. and with 18 team sports. That's not easy. Right. So she was able to communicate with each coach. I was able to rebuild a page custom to them, provide them with every list, everything they needed. And then uh, when it was time to go, she had it all under control. Uh, She just really can't, can't speak enough about how well, she operated this year that program and the results show. So it's it's been a pleasure to have her on board. Stetson fans, Bud Light is proud to be the official beer of Stetson University. Making friends is Bud Light's business, and as part of this, Bud Light wants to remind everyone that choosing a designated driver is what good friends do. Bud Light, Daytona Beverages, and Stetson University thanks everyone for making a responsible choice in choosing a designated driver. So your time here at Stetson now, you're in your fifth year, you came from Binghamton, um, where you were, you know, assistant AD for development. You you uh, obviously oversee the annual fund, major gifts donors, which has got to be the, a, a huge priority. You oversee sponsorship and and promotions and marketing and development, and now you've got sport responsibilities for what uh, volleyball and uh, men's and women's rowing and softball. So right. when do you sleep? I mean, I yeah, know I'm, but- I, I know I'm, people in my office are busy during times of the year where we have a lot of events, but there's, there's no off time in raising money. It is. And that's a great question. It is a juggling act. Um, I look back at the, 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 the days of being a student athlete thinking that was difficult. And I look back and no, that was just preparing me for today. <laughs> um, quite a challenge. I, I, I'm pretty, I have a good habit of each day before I leave, making sure I have an organized to-do list for the next day. Sure. And and I really have to stay to that because you're right. It will be, uh, prior to this, had a today's way of communicating with our donors, a Zoom right. meeting right. With, with a donor. Um, you know, as soon as that was finished, I had to have a call with a coach about a different donor. As soon as that was done, had to reach out to a corporate partner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, so yeah, it is a juggling act wearing many hats and switching the hats constantly throughout the day. Um, however, it, it is such a good and feel at the end of the day, when you can look back here within the athletic department and you see all the accomplishments that we've had over the years. Sure. And that definitely makes it worthwhile, uh, from the, some of the improvements, the success of our teams quality of our staff from coaches on down really is a good feeling. It makes it all worth it. So let's talk a little bit about the different areas. First of all, major gifts, which is going to be a priority for you. I mean, just, just in the time you've been here, we built a new aquatic center, the Sanders Stetson aquatic center. We built a new golf practice facility, which is uh, just 
got become operational. Uh, we've added new bleachers and, and uh, uh, grandstand area for the ATC. I, I know there are plans on the drawing board for multiple other projects. We've upgraded at baseball. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and Cooper Beach Volleyball Courts. So, where, where, how do you prioritize which of those projects gets done first? Uh, how, do you, how do you reach out and find the money to fund all these projects? And obviously, the big question is, where's the Edmond Center in this process? I know there are plans and there are drawings, but obviously, COVID has interfered with that some. But obviously, that's a huge yeah. hurdle we've got to cross. Absolutely. And that, that's a great question. So I, uh, prioritize, how do we prioritize? That's a good question. So a lot of that is comes with my meetings with Jeff Altier. Mm -hmm. And and I have a, a binder, a folder of all our facility projects that have been approved. Uh, we have the green light on, but we kind of prioritize them based on what we need to be done first. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that changes a little bit. Um, you know, a few years ago, it was that that baseball, the upgrades between the team room, locker room offices, and that was a priority. And and you talk about timing that that occurred just before the regional. So we were able to have that, um, you know, and that was great to, to have that. And, and once we kind of identify which needs to be taken on right away, then comes the work of, of then doing the research to identify donors mm -hmm. that could potentially participate at, and at what levels. Right. So to do these large projects and, and the costs associated, you need a, a good portfolio of donors identified ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, with the baseball one, and I'll just use that example because it was, it was fairly recent in my memory, um, working with Coach Trimper, mm -hmm. who was more than willing to jump right in there with me, Absolutely. get on board, roll up his sleeves, and what do you need? Let's do it. So that one year was a whirlwind. And I'll use a couple examples where we hopped on a flight over in Daytona at 7 a.m., went to Atlanta, met with three donors. We hopped on the flight to come back at 11.59 p.m. I was in the office the next day. He was at practice. Don't ever want to do that again. But no. that's basically what we did. Um, and it worked. So again, you know, that was a lot of hard work, but when you look at that baseball facility right now, I think Coach Trimple would agree with me, it was worth it. Absolutely. Um, what those players have, recruiting, alumni. So once we identify them, we identify the donors, uh, then it's setting up the meetings with the donors. Right now is a challenge. No as doubt. I mentioned, doing it via Zoom is not quite the same. Right. Um, so, once we get that all going, getting the coach involved, coach going to the meetings, coach helps identify the donors. Uh, you know, we, we can get it, we can get it going and we can get these projects completed. We still have uh, right now, we are in the process, the baseball stadium, there will be another major upgrade improvement to that. Um, We've begun some conversation with donors already mm -hmm. in the early stages. We'll really do the push in May when our contract renewal with the city right. goes on. So we are going to uh, change the look of that stadium drastically. It, it will be a game changer. All right. Um, Coach Trimper's recruiting. Uh, we have other things uh, over at the ATC. Yes, we just put in the new bleachers. We're in the process of putting in a new scoreboard. Right. We pretty much have, almost have the funding complete. Two more meetings coming up. We'll be able to put that in. Uh, tennis center, 
looking to expand, right. improve, renovate the tennis facilities. Right. Um, big question, A. Amen. There's a few other projects out there, but the big one you asked is the Edmond Center. Right. And we have some plans right now that are really ready to start presenting to some donors. We've done kind of a quiet phase, speaking with a few individual right. uh, donor supporter. Uh, they're on board, uh, a few of them. So shortly here, once we get the green light and, and uh, we're ready to move, we will begin on fundraising for renovations at the Edmonds Center. And these are renovations that will really change the look and feel of the Edmonds Center. Right. And I'm sure our basketball coaches, among all coaches, will really be thankful for that. Yeah. Love Stetson Athletics? Then join the team behind the team. Donate to the Hatter Athletic Fund to help keep your Stetson Hatters at the top of elite competition. If you're interested in donating to provide opportunities for Stetson student-athletes, log on to GoHatters.com and click on the Hatter Athletic Fund link in the Support the Hatters tab. I know you mentioned earlier 445, I think was the number, of new donors that participated in the fall fundraising campaign. That's really the annual fund is kind of the entryway into yeah. into, into giving and, and recruiting those those potential donors. How do you get people to move from, from entry $20 gift in a fundraising campaign to more substantial gifts down the road? Obviously, it, it all depends on their ability, but how do you how do you develop those those donors and, and have them come up with you know, down the road where they give more money to, to really make a substantial difference. And that's a good question too. And, you, and you'll hear a lot of universities that some of these bigger universities that are extremely successful in their fundraising. And they'll, it's a common story of, you know, that million dollar donor was at first a $10 donor. Sure. And, and that is so important. So really big part of the process is, is the stewardship. Mm -hmm. And we have some coaches that just do a phenomenal job. And we have several coaches here right now that have those type of donors right. that started out as a $10 donor. Now they're up to a much higher amount uh, due to the stewardship. Sure. And, and that stewardship is, you know, keeping them involved, thanking them, sure. keeping them involved, staying in touch. Um, very important. And you're right. So those first time donors, that could all go to waste. If we don't cultivate, steward mm -hmm. them properly, they aren't going to be donors next year ever again. Right. So big thing, it's great getting that number, but then it's it's up to us as a university, a department, individual coaches to properly steward these donors so that they stay involved. They, they feel important. They feel needed. They feel start, part, part of the program. And I think we do a good job of that here. Of course, we need to do better and can always do better. Um, another avenue with that, we and I don't have those numbers, we had a, a large number of alumni mm -hmm. involvement, which is great. Um, overall, for the university alumni giving, we just, it needs to improve. Right. And, and, and it is, it is getting better. So to, to see our numbers of our alumni giving to athletics growing the last two, three, four years has really, and I apologize, I don't have those numbers That's in okay. front of me, uh, to, to see that grow is very important as well. So yeah, we get these first time donors, those numbers are nice, but what's important now is that we continue to steward them, cultivate them so they stay with the program yeah. and grow as the programs grow. 
And then once they, once we get that, then we, then we start talking major gifts with these donors. And then that's where you really see the significant changes in our fundraising. The thing I I tend to compare it to what our fall fundraising campaigns have been. And I assume we'll have a spring campaign this year, maybe. Uh, What I compare that to is kind of Clemson's IPTA program where, you know, they only ask people to give $10 a year. Yeah. And just gets them in the system so that they can cultivate and, and grow that $10 gift into something more substantial later. And obviously they've had, they've had a tremendous amount of success, but I see our, our fall fundraising campaign is kind of that entry level to, to introduce people to, to, to giving and helping out. Absolutely. And that's our our spring campaign, which was, if we still haven't decided if we're going to, we're going to wait and see how uh, the environment is. Um, Hopefully things are good, but it's going to be geared towards our alumni, Mm -hmm. our former student athletes. So it's a great way. Uh, We're going to make competitive amongst the teams again, because uh, student athletes, even former student athletes are competitive. And so, you know, and I foresee, you know, coach Hughes, going at coach Trimper and, you know, and coach Bria yeah. and, and on and on and on, you know, going at each other. Coach Bria is going to tell her alumni, Hey, we're behind right now. Right. We need to step it up. So uh, having the alumni and yeah, that's going to be more annual giving the $10, right. $100 type gifts. We're not looking for major gifts for that. Right. Are there some that will, I hope. Yeah. Yes. Obviously. But we get that challenge amongst the alumni group of the individual teams, you know, uh, Coach Bergman telling the women's soccer team, hey, guess what? The men's team just passed us overnight. We've got to beat them mm-hmm. to the alumni. Sure. So I really want to see. I hope we can pull it off this. We're, we're going to kind of gauge how how things are going. But I think that's a great way to get people in to get that $10 gift. Right. And, and you times that by 10 people that did it. Right. You times that by 100 people that did it. Mm-hmm. And that's substantial money that can really enhance a program and their their budget needs. Now, the other side of what you do in external operations is the sponsorship and, and uh, corporate sales side of things. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that's been kind of a roller coaster ride in the last few months. But I think you've got things headed in the direction you want to go. It's just, again, you got to develop that program. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and, you know, I talked to several of my colleagues throughout the nation um, that are all in the same boat. Sure. And, and that is a challenge right now. The, the traditional inventory, the inventory you generally have as sporting events in front of a live audience just isn't there right now. Correct. So we've totally had to rethink, reshape how it is. And digital, digital's big right now. Mm-hmm. As you see the number of users going to our website increasing sure. um so that digital inventory our our game day ads yes there's not fans but last night's game and i'm watching it i'm in the stands but watching it on my phone espn plus and making sure all our advertisers are seen right so we really have to shape it it is a challenge we've had some great partners here um of our 20 25 partners I think 10 have already renewed and are committed for another long-term contracts. Uh, A few were wait till January type of thing. So uh, having that support, having that community involvement, the way Stetson is within the land has been a benefit. It's still a tough climate, but we have some great relationships with our partners and some of the big ones 
uh, renewed, extended their contracts right away, right. even with the COVID shutdown back in March, April, May. Right. So it is a challenge. We're shifting. Uh, we're changing daily on new ideas, new trends. The digital social media is just very big right now for visibility. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, we will be back to where we have fans in the stands this spring and those uh, stadium arena signage type advertising will be back in play. But at least in the interim, we've made alternatives for those partners and getting their messages out. Florida Orthopedic Associates is proud to support Stetson University Athletics. Don't let pain affect your game. For sports injuries, sprains, fractures, and breaks, if it hurts, see them first at their Orange City walk-in clinic for urgent orthopedic injuries. Offices are located at Deland, Orange City, Lake Mary, and New Smyrna Beach. Florida Orthopedic Associates, state-of-the-art care, close to home. Now, obviously, you didn't have didn't feel like you had enough to do because that that part of the job has been outsourced for several years. But you're bringing you're bringing that back in house, so you're going to have more direct hands on uh, work with that. And you brought in you know Zach Hurst is our marketing director, and yep. he's gonna he's taking on some of that for now until we can hire a full time person to to do the corporate sales. But I mean, apparently, you didn't think you had enough to do. Yeah, that I, I kicked myself and I, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> prior to the COVID shutdown, we, we had a great plan in place to bring it back internally mm -hmm. and, and, and add a person to do it internally. And we had this great plan. And then um, March, April, May came along and hiring freeze and could not add a person, but we'd already brought it in-house. Right. So not having a third party uh, managing it, there, there's, there's definitely a, more pluses to it right now, I still feel. Uh, luckily, Zach Hurst, who runs our marketing promotions, has a background in corporate sales right. at his previous university. So I approached Zach and like, what are your thoughts on um, taking some of this on as well? We'll kind of split it up. We're gonna get Julia involved as well. Um, and Zach, again, like Julia, no hesitation. Absolutely. Yeah, love to do it. Let's let's do it. So uh, shifted. So now he and I aren't just meeting on game day marketing or promotions or, and getting ready for game activities. We're also now talking, all right, plan on corporate partnerships um, and how we're going to tackle that. So Zach has been a huge help. If it wasn't for him stepping up, yes, it would have been all on my plate and I'm not sure how I would have done it. Um, and I, I got a little nervous. So his, his willingness to what, you know, what a team player to absolutely love to take it on, let's do it. And, and then the, the teamwork in, in uh, putting it together is really, has, has been great. So it is manageable. And like Julia, um, Zach has done, obviously he, he handles sponsor fulfillment during events but he's also taken on the video boards and producing content yeah. for the, the video boards and overseeing the music and the sound and all the things. And obviously video boards, people think, well, that's just easy. That's just plug and play, but you got different content for different buildings. You got three sports in the, in the Edmund center. You got the baseball field. I know softball's working on a new video board. You talked about yeah. soccer working, getting on a new video board. There's got to be content produced and somebody to run all of that, not only for the fan entertainment, 
but for the sponsor fulfillment side of it is even more important. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, even just the game last night, for instance, we, we have um, Zach wasn't able to make it to the game. So he was at home watching at ESPN, texting me, making sure all our video boards and adjustments were done correctly. Um, yeah, it is. When you buy those video boards, there isn't software with it. With all these pros, you have to build it individually. Right. You have to know after you build it how to troubleshoot it. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, there is always a glitch. So being able to troubleshoot it, once we get going with the, the, the right now, it's been great with the new video boards within the Edmonds Center for the volleyball and men's women's basketball. So we've kind of got to do a trial run with those right. to, to know how to manage them. It is quite a challenge building the content. And we'll get a lot of people, hey, can you do this and you can do that? We have to build that. Yeah. yeah and yes, and we can do it. We have to have build it to, first. People to create it, yeah. Yeah, and you have to create it. So it'll really be interesting when we do add the new high-depth video board at the ATC soccer lacrosse mm -hmm. game field mm -hmm. um, because someone will have to build that content. Softball's new video board and part of the renovation for the baseball project will be a new uh, beautiful outdoor high def video screen. So when we get to that point, hopefully the hiring freeze has been lifted because we will need to add a position. No doubt. No uh, doubt. Right now, Zach and I have a conversation with him regularly about work-life balance, work-life balance, <laughs> because you, 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 you can overdo it. And, Absolutely. and we're doing a good job now, but we know when we have those boards, it will be a different game. No doubt. No doubt. Now, obviously moving away from the development side and the sponsorship side, you've taken over, um, sport administrator duties for for softball and for volleyball and for men's and women's rowing. What's that? I mean, it's only been a short time, but what's that experience been like for you? Yeah, and that, that again, and it, it really comes down to with myself it is, is scheduling and being disciplined to following the schedule best mm -hmm. I can. Yeah. There's changes that occur every day, um, but knowing that schedule, uh, volleyball. I, I could say I'm kind of spoiled with that one because Coach Denny's office is right next to mine. Right. So, and, and, and volleyball is right outside my door. Right. So, I have great access. They have great access to me. Uh, softball, Frank is a joy to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, you talk about a veteran that knows how to run his program uh, from down to the field care Literally. to managing the team. Um, so, I've really, I've really been lucky with Frank as well. Uh, looking forward to the spring and, and watching more games in that stadium. Mm -hmm. And then with, with rowing, uh, Katie Thurston. Katie's been great to work with. Um, my biggest challenge is that the rowing facility is off campus and I can't be there as often as I want. Right. Um, so I, I really have to work on that, getting there. But, but working with her and her assistant coaches ha has been nice. They, they run a nice program. Um, all three coaches, by the way, did phenomenal in the fundraising, annual fundraising campaign, all exceeded their goals by far. Um, but no, it, it, that, it is a challenge. It will really be a challenge this spring as all three sports will now be spring sports. Yeah. All, 18, so, all 18 sports will be spring sports. All 18 will be spring sports. So that will really, it will come down to knowing ahead of time you can't be everywhere at once sure so prioritizing where i need to be and, and just try to be as many places as i possibly can 
Show your Stetson spirit and get your green on with officially licensed tees, sweats, hoodies, and more. Go to www.shopgohatters.com. All your Hatters gear is just a click away. Visit www.shopgohatters.com today. One of the things we want to talk about is just recently we obviously lost uh, Coach Glenn Wilkes, and I know you had uh, you had developed a little bit of a relationship with Coach Wilkes over the last four or five years. Talk a little bit about your relationship with him and, and what he meant to this community and this university. Uh, absolutely. Could, could talk all day about Coach Wilkes. And one of my biggest, fondest memories, accomplishments I've had here at Stetson has been relationship I was able to have with Coach Wilkes. Mm-hmm. Um, welcomed me in right away like I was one of his former players. Sure. I mean, it was just that relationship. It started with uh, Coach Wilson and the late Gus Gibbs. Gus Gibbs, who as also well. Can't, you can't say enough about Gus as well. Welcome me, me, and we would meet Thursday mornings at the Boston Coffee House for breakfast at 8.30. <laughs> and, you know, and it was great sitting around the table with them and – Listening to the stories, Coach Wilkes sharing stories from when they beat Marquette in the Edmonds Center. Mm-hmm. And just story after story that was really great for me to learn the history of Stetson basketball, uh, Stetson in general, the right. university, but really basketball and how big and how important it was and how successful it was. Right. And so being able to, to spend that time with him and Gus and a couple others, Gary Meadows, a couple of their friends every Thursday morning was, was just uh, a joy, mm-hmm. a, a treat, something that I'll always look back on fondly. Probably one of my biggest, I think one of the biggest downsides of the whole COVID thing is that when the lockdown or when we shut down back in March, those right. Thursday morning breakfasts did not occur anymore. Right. Um, and, and that, that was a shame, but it was great. Last year, uh, we had Coach coming back to football games. He would come sit with me down in the VIP tent. And, and for alumni to come back and see him sitting there meant a lot to them, mm-hmm. to see him at the football games. And then this past year, I uh, tried to get him to come to basketball games, but his schedule was too busy. Right. He was the busiest person I came across with his grandsons playing down at Winter sure. Park and his son's team. Uh, but last year, I don't think he missed a home game, and I went with him up to Jacksonville and UNF. So he did some road trips, right. uh, road games, but did not miss a home game. And to be able to see the alumni that came back when they walked in the gym to see him sitting, uh-huh. it, that, that was special. So really had a great relationship coach. We talked. During the COVID shutdown, we were still able to talk on the phone. Sure. And actually, most recently, uh, about a month ago, he called me just checking in. He would call to check in on me to see how I was doing. <laughs> Always checking in, see how I was doing. And, you know, and we're, we're going to get together. He's still having little get-togethers at the house and invited me over. He goes, I'll call you when we have the next one. We'll all be socially distancing, of course, and you have to bring your own drink. But, you know, we sit on the patio and, uh, you know, that was the last conversation I got to have with him. But it, again, it was him checking on me, seeing how I was doing, um, you know, words of wisdom. And and I'll, I'll never forget that. It was, a, uh, it was really a special four years becoming a, as I would say, a friend right. of Coach Wilkes. And, that, and that's 
what it became. Yeah, one of my one of my regrets from this past year is we I worked with talked with Coach Wilkes a number of times, went to the house and met with him and we were set up to do the podcast, to have him on the podcast as a guest. And it was right after we had lost one of our former All Americans had passed away. And I wanted to talk to him about that and just just get his memories and his recollections. And we were we worked and set it up. We actually set up three or four different times to to record the podcast. And for whatever reason, couldn't get the technology to work for us, having to do it via Zoom. And um, we set up and we're going actually going to go to the house with uh, Chris Belvin, who's our, our men's basketball contact and knows more about the history of the sport than I do. And Chris was going to go to the house, and he went over and was ready to set up, ready to go, and knocked on the door. And one of the one of his daughters was there, and he had just taken a fall the day before, and he was he was on pain meds and was asleep, and and we never never got a chance to reconnect. Chris Chris tried to call multiple times. I tried to call multiple times. We never could reconnect, and lost that opportunity of that gold mine of information and stories yeah. that that we could have uh, could have had on the podcast. So I was really obviously losing coach Wilkes means a lot more than not having it on the podcast, but yeah. for, for me personally, not getting a chance to explore and listen to those stories. Cause I, I know he has, he had, you know, thousands of stories he could tell with Larry Bird or Charles Barkley or Duke yeah. and, you know, all the different things that, that happened during his career as, as Stetson's basketball coach, athletic director, instructor, all the things he did here. So I, I really, uh, you know, it was disappointing to me, to lose him, I know he meant more than just me losing him, but but uh, losing that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, I wanted to talk about your your background. You're you're a lacrosse guy. Yeah. You grew up playing yeah. lacrosse. You got four kids. All play college play or played college lacrosse. Talk about how lacrosse came to be so important in your family. Yeah, and I'm I'm originally from upstate New York, central New York area. Grew up about an hour south of Syracuse. Which is lacrosse uh, country. Yeah, lacrosse country. So uh, I was Vestal, Vestal, New York. And, uh, you know, that area, every backyard has a lacrosse goal in it. Um, And that's just that that was uh, it it still is very big sport in that area. And it's a hotbed. So. You know, most of your your top recruits still to this day collegiately come from that area. I mean, it's definitely grown and spread. Florida really is booming right now. But that central New York is just a different level. Long Island and Baltimore are the other two hotbeds. So growing up in that area, it was just a natural transition. Everybody played. Everyone had a goal in their backyard. So, um, you know, when I finished playing, I got into coaching. So right away, my kids, not that they had a choice. I mean, they all had a, a stick in their crib. <laughs> um, so they were, they were picking it up. And uh, my oldest was probably four years old when he started going to practices with me with a stick in his hand, playing around with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just naturally... Uh, my daughter was the next and then the next son and the next son. So all four kind of were raised with a stick in their hand and, and in a competitive area Sure. in, in upstate New York. So I had to make um, the decision for you to move to Florida difficult because lacrosse is not, it's, it's growing and it's, it's getting bigger, but uh, it's not very big in Florida. It was a tough one. So my older two were already um, playing collegiately 
Um, my daughter was playing up in the Northeast. So when I told her I was at Stetson, you know, if she wanted, she could transfer and play here. And coming off a cold winter up in uh, the Northeast to playing in the sunshine of Florida, she said, yeah, I'll transfer. <laughs> so she was able to play her junior and senior year here at Stetson University on the women's team. My younger two, one was going into 10th grade and was already involved in the recruiting scene, mm-hmm. um, was already being recruited by a few schools. And my youngest was going into ninth grade. So yes, they were devastated. They felt uh, right during the hot part of their retreat, their career for being recruited, we were taking them on a hotbed, coming to an area that had no lacrosse. Right. Well, we had already done some research and knew uh, Central Florida had, had good lacrosse scene really growing. And we, you know, told them, don't, don't worry. Coaches will still know where to find you. Uh, it's growing down there. So uh, once we moved here, we that's how we picked Lake Mary uh, mm-hmm. down closer to Orlando. We chose there to live for for the school and lacrosse for the boys. And, uh, you know, they ju- jumped right in. Coach welcomed them with open arms, which was great. The I'm team sure. did as well. And uh, they were able to have some success down here. And, and it, it turns out it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be lacrosse-wise. <laughs> and, and the college scouts – did not lose where they were. They right. still were able to keep in touch with them and, and they're able to be recruited. Um, unfortunate thing is they both chose to go back to the Northeast. Uh, I couldn't convince them to stay here in Florida where it was warm and easier for me to get to, to watch games. Uh, I think mentally they still had in their head that, you know, they, from day one, they were going to go back to the area they knew and the teams they knew. Our local bottler, Coca-Cola Beverages Florida, is a proud sponsor of Stetson Athletics. They make sure you have the perfect addition to any game day, the refreshing taste of an ice-cold Coke. Stetson Athletics and Coke Florida, a winning combination. And there are not many men's collegiate programs in Florida. I mean, Jacksonville, and I don't know if there's many others. No, Jacksonville is the only Division I program. Um, Actually, my my son that's a junior right now at University of Hartford, he did do a, a recruiting trip to Jacksonville, um, which I, I know Jeff Altier probably would have fired me if I let him go there. So <laughs> we kind of luckily he didn't really have much interest. He, he wanted to go north. And um, that's the only division one. Now, there's a great division two scene in that Sunshine State Conference right, right. with uh, Emory Riddle just added. A few years ago, Flagler, but you have Tampa, St. Leo's, Florida Southern, yeah. uh, Lynn, and uh, Palm Beach Atlantic, I believe. A, a very strong, Tampa, very strong program. So I, I tried convincing them, convincing them to go to one of those programs, and they just wanted to go back to where it's snowy and cold. <laughs> and I told one of the fathers down here, I said, well, your, your boys, you know, you played a lot of box lacrosse up in New York. And I said – you play box across indoors in a hockey arena because you have no choice Right. because you can't play outdoors. You have to play indoors. You have the benefit down here. You can play outdoors year round. Yeah. It's kind of funny. uh, You mentioned every backyard has a, has a lacrosse net. I grew up in my front yard was a backstop and home plate and, and bases laid out. And uh, we played baseball all the time. That's, that's how we spent all of our time. Most of the year was playing baseball out in the front yard. Yeah, and that's where, when I came from Binghamton, um, I had a men's lacrosse program, Division One and baseball, and I think it was, I, I laughed when I first got down here and looked at our schedule of 38 home baseball games, and most of them, <laughs> except for Sunday, were at night. Where at Binghamton, I think 
I can't remember the exact schedule, maybe 15 home games and the first five were canceled due to snow. Yeah, a little more difficult. And you had to start them all at one o'clock because by sundown it was too cold to play. Mm-hmm. So, so you had a totally different environment. So your oldest Connor played at Nazareth College in, in Rochester yep. and yep. Came, came back to Stetson and got his MBA, right? Yeah, yep. He came down, uh, which which was great. Um, when he graduated, he came down here, Stetson, and went through the MBA program. And now, uh, actually, ironically, it wasn't really by – he ended up getting a job back in Rochester, New York. So he's he's up there working right now. I think he would have preferred to stay in Florida, but he went where the job opportunity was, uh, working with Merck Pharmaceuticals in Rochester. So he can take care of your youngest, Quinn, who's also – at Nazareth playing for uh, and playing in Rochester. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We did. Uh, uh, I did not expect Quinn originally had no interest in going to Nazareth because older brother played there, and he he had a few a few good opportunities, and then um, uh, out of nowhere, uh, the the Nazareth coach really did a great job of recruiting him as him as an individual, not as his younger brother. Uh, but as an individual, and they just had a, uh, uh, a large gift from Tom Galasano, who's a big uh, philanthropic person in that area, and they built an indoor practice facility that's state-of-the-art and beautiful. So when he saw that, I think it kind of changed his mind a little bit. And from parents' point of view, knowing that his older brother was 15, 20 minutes from campus uh, really helped saying, okay, he's not totally on his own up there. He does have someone. And uh, I think he's loved that, being able to get a, a good meal every now and then this spring semester of his freshman year. So, Devin, your your daughter, started out playing in, what, in Hartford? She was at UMass Lowell UMass up in Massachusetts. Lowell. Yep. And she came down and played at Stetson her last two years, graduated. Now she's in, you're telling me she's in Baltimore? She's in Baltimore working for the Boy Scouts America. Uh, the Boy Scouts chapter in Baltimore, and she does the marketing and communications for them. So she, uh, a great place to live, great place as a young person. Uh, she lives uh, Fells Point, which is a couple blocks up from the Inner Harbor nice. of Baltimore. So uh, she's been there coming up on two years now that and, she's been there. And then Braden is at the University of Hartford on the men's team there. Yep, yep. He's playing lacrosse, entering his junior year, um, which technically I don't know if they're going to call those a redshirt year due to COVID. They'll get that that uh, fifth year, but yeah, he's a junior, University of Hartford, and uh, pleased with it. He enjoys uh, Hartford's great area, uh, good school. We wish it was closer and warmer climate. Sure. It's hard going to games up there and and packing down coats. Right. Um, but you know, they were one of the, uh, first teams to recruit him when he was young in 10th grade and he just stuck with them the whole way through the process. Yeah. That's gotta be difficult having, you know, four kids who have played, played, but the last two, you're not getting to see play very much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is as tough. My wife struggles with that quite a bit, having them up there. Uh, thankfully now, um, you know, all universities do such a great job of streaming their games, whether it's ESPN Plus or through their own um, internal website. So we do get to see the games. It's not quite the same as being there. So I think we were able so far, you know, at least two games a year, whether they're both home, one home, one away. Um, trying to get Hartford to schedule a game with Jacksonville. 
would make it easier <laughs> for like me or, or Mercer or, you know, somewhere at least drivable. Um, they did the year before he went there, they played at Jacksonville. So I don't think they'll redo that game for a while. But yeah, it is. It's difficult. But thankfully, uh, being able to stream the games now makes makes it more bearable. Yep. Uh, for you and Karen, your wife, four kids now out of the house, empty nesters. How's that feel? Well, it was a strange feel. It was, uh, I have to admit, it was harder than we anticipated. Um, you eventually find time to, to fill in. Uh, you know, unfortunately, for the most part, it's been working more. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does it does fill in at time. It was a strange feel, harder transition than we anticipated. Um, we had them all back for Thanksgiving, which was fantastic, um, and the two were back for winter break. So you went from you know sixty miles an hour to zero, and zero to sixty. Now we're back to about thirty to forty miles per hour. Uh, but it was a tough transition. You know, we went out to eat a lot, did a lot of things that you know we couldn't for years. Mm-hmm. Geico offers a special discount on car insurance to Stetson alumni. Just visit geico.com to get a free quote and select Stetson alum to see how much you can save. Don't drop the ball when it comes to saving money. Contact Geico today. Well, we've been on now for about 50 minutes, so I want to wrap up with um, giving you a chance to talk about what, how to, for people or for businesses who want to get into donating i mean donations don't have to just happen during the fall campaign right can donate at any time so talk about what people need to do if they want to get involved with stetson athletics as far as being a sponsor or or just finding out more about uh donating to a program yeah absolutely and and you're right it doesn't our fundraising campaign is year-round um it, it doesn't stop when uh the fall campaign was done and actually we just had a a just this last week um several donors that have, have reached out and, and are continuing to help and support the Hatters. So it's just, it's so nice that to have people involved, wanting to get involved. But yeah, absolutely. You can go to our website, our gohatters.com is, is a great way to, to get involved. You get to look at the website. You get to look at the teams and what we have going on. Um, and, and a great way to keep up with everything we have going on. So go to the website, gohatters.com under the support the Hatters tab. And in there we have where you can give to the general athletic, the Hatter Athletic Fund, or you can do your sport specific donations and you can select a team that you would like to contribute to. Uh, we also have, there's some special donor opportunities like the, the basketball program as the victory club. Right. Uh, baseball has a dugout club. Football has a football 150 club. Uh, Roger has, has had that going, uh, I believe, since he started. Right. A great opportunity to be involved with those programs at a, a different level. Um, we also have some of our facility projects we have going on, like our beach volleyball expansion project, uh, the Edinger Golf Complex, tennis center expansion. Uh, soon we'll add, we will soon add baseball and Edmonds Center. So by going to gohatters.com, support the Hatters, and you can pick the different areas that you would like to be involved with. Uh, as far as corporate partners, people want to get involved to, to help market their business, absolutely. You can contact myself, or again, you can go to the gohatters.com and 
reach out to myself or Zach Hurst and love to have you get involved. Um, some great opportunities we have. Again, it's, it's changed. The climate's changed somewhat. A lot of great digital opportunities, but soon we hope to have uh, fans in the stands again. And that signage will really be valuable here as, as our teams continue to get bigger, better, and uh, we're getting more people watching interest in Hatter's Athletics. I know one of the big things that, that helps out with friend raising as well as fundraising is the the, the uh, three annual golf events, uh, the yep. West Burner, the football kickoff, and the, and the baseball golf tournament. Two of those had, had to be canceled because of COVID this year. Still hopefully going to have the baseball tournament uh, in February, but uh, uh, th- those are great opportunities for people who maybe don't know what they want to, if they want to get involved in, or, or don't know what, how to get involved, to have some face-to-face time with you or, or one of the coaches to kind of learn more about how they can get, get involved. Yeah, absolutely. And those golf terms, yeah. And unfortunately, the, the football kickoff tournament uh, had to be canceled this year, as well as the West Burner, which we generally we run during homecoming, the mm-hmm. Friday of homecoming weekend. Uh, great tournament, great historical tournament. Right. Uh, baseball, fingers across. Um, we're hoping for approval. Right. We should hear soon. Uh, we'll be able to have that tournament. But though, that's great. Those are three golf tournaments. Uh, yeah, and you don't have to be a scratch golfer to play in these type of tournaments. No. Uh, but it's great to come back. Baseball, we get a huge turnout of baseball alumni but also a great turnout of just supporters and fans. Right. So you can, you can learn more about those as well uh, as go to the gohatters.com, support the Hatters. And in the drop-down box, you will see the, the three tournaments listed where you can gain more information on them. Again, or you can contact myself, Mike McCurcher at M-M-C-K-E-R-C-H-E-R at stetson.edu. Or you can find my name under the staff directory on GoHatters.com. Perfect, perfect. Well, it's been great spending time with you, talking about uh, what you do at Stetson and how you support the the Hatters with the with the, the fundraising and the, the development efforts. And uh, I, I know you, like I am, are excited to have uh, events starting back up. Had a you know getting basketball back playing, and and can't wait to get to where we can put people in the arena and and uh, come out and support these student athletes that have worked diligently throughout the fall just to be able to practice just doing everything they can just to try to practice and and have some kind of feeling of being involved with their team and and to hopefully have the opportunity so they can compete in the spring i know you're looking forward to it as am i absolutely and thanks for having me on and it's always great to talk it's such a positive environment here it's always fun talking about it and it was exciting it was so exciting to have a game last night our our, our first game of the fall 2020 to be able to see the players and and as we've been seeing these players these student athletes on all the sports practicing all spring or all fall knowing they won't have competition till the Mm -hmm. spring and yet they were still dedicated focused the hard work so i'm really excited for them to be able to see them play this spring because i mean they're the bottom line is they're still kids and they're just still wanting to play their game and, and be with their teammates and compete. And, and that's what we're about is giving them the opportunity to have that experience. And I can't wait to the spring. And even though it's going to be hectic and crazy, we hope with 18 sports going, but it's going to be a lot of fun to see all those kids. I'm sure the smiles are going to be mile wide when they finally get out and get to get a chance to compete again. Absolutely. As, as, as our boss, Jeff Altier, always says, he, he loves chaos. And 
We are going to have chaos this spring. We're, we're Managed a, chaos. We're going to get a big pile of it. That's for sure. Mike, yeah. it's been great. Can't I can't wait to uh, see what the future holds as far as uh, the Edmond Center and and the upgrades to the baseball facility and everything else that you've got going on your plate. Enjoy spending time with you today. Thanks for coming on. Had a chat of the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. And for people who listen to the podcast, uh, coming up, I've already got in the bank. I've got five episodes recorded talking to each member of the Stetson baseball staff to try to lead up to the start of baseball season. So we'll space those out in December and January to get you ready for the start of baseball season in February. But we'll have some more interesting podcasts along the way as we get ready for what will be a crazy spring. So thanks again to Mike McCurcher, and uh, we'll see you next time on Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Inside Credit Union. Go Hatters. Go Hatters. And that'll do it for this edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I'd like to thank all of our corporate sponsors who make it possible for Stetson University and Stetson Athletics to provide our more than 400 student athletes a quality experience on the courts and fields of competition in the same way the faculty provides all Stetson University students a quality educational experience. Those sponsors include, of course, our presenting sponsor, Insight Credit Union. Other sponsors include Florida Public Utilities, Visit askforgas.com for more information. Geico Insurance. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com to find out how. Advent Health. Visit westvolusia.com. Old Florida, new vibe. Coca-Cola Beverages of Florida. The Alliance Community for Retirement Living. Bud Light, the official beer of Stetson University. Florida Orthopedic Associates. If it hurts, see them first. Hampton Inn and Suites of Deland. Imageworks, your one-stop corporate identity shop. Main Street Community Bank. Familiar name, familiar faces, familiar bank. Morningstar Storage, the space you need, the way you want it. Orlando Sanford International Airport. Visit flysfb.com. Simpler, faster, better. Total Comfort, the name you can trust and Weston Lake Mary, Orlando North, for a better you. Thank you to all of our corporate sponsors.